Welcome back to a new episode, and joining us today is a well-known person. He's on the board of directors, and he has a blue name on Discord, and it's of course Navin. Welcome, mate. Hello, how you doing? All good, and you, mate? Yeah, good. Long day at work, but all is good. Nice to hear yeah. your voice. <laughs> Very nice. Um, so before we kickstart, um, could you tell us a little bit about how you ended up in Ayota and what it is that you do? Okay, cool. So it, it's, a, it's a bit of a random journey. So was it? God, it's about five years ago, five, maybe a little longer. I was, uh, well, actually before that, I qualified fully as a doctor, as a consultant in about 2010. And since that point, when, when you start practicing, you look for other things to do. And my thing was medical tech. So the next few years, I was doing tech-related stuff and worked with UCL, the university, um, on building medtech-related projects. And then during that time, I started doing a lot of work around information exchange and how people share information, how you understand that. So that's called semantic interoperability. And did a whole piece on that. And then that made me start thinking, sharing data, what happens when you share that from a patient at home to the hospital? Because that's very different to two hospitals sharing. And I was thinking much more about how you you secure that data and make sure that people don't muck around with it so that it gives you false results. And then I started looking at immutable data and then ledgers and initially Ethereum. And so we started mucking around with Ethereum to see what we could do with that. Figured out it doesn't scale very well because of the TPS you can achieve. And then one of my friends introduced me to IOTA. So I ended up joining the Slack, ended up setting up a node initially very early on and then chatting to Dom and David at that point and I think I mean lots of random stuff happened and it was around the birth of my daughter so I was up all times of night so I was having a chat with them ended up joining as a health advisor and then randomly ended up joining the engineering department doing some kind of hybrid CTO job which is very, very random uh, but essentially my job was to be I like to think voice of reason, but my wife says I'm the negative person. So I try often with the uh, counterpoint. And I think especially around those days uh, that we were quite strong personalities. Uh, so I think it, it was nice to have a balance of personalities to try and temper down uh, one side versus the other. So that was it initially. And since that point, I joined the, the board of directors. Initially, it was overseeing engineering. But the, the aim over the last couple of years especially has been to, to step away from that because I, mean, I can recognise that in myself that I probably got too involved and had too much of a say and actually you've got to let people blossom. And I still find it hard, but the, the whole aim now is, is to empower the whole engineering team and we have a much better structure now. I think you can see that happening as well uh, mm. to get more of the development happening out in the open to have the community engaged to have the team leads have the ultimate say in what happens rather than so it's much more of an engineering decision rather than a marketing decision or even like a personal whim so i think what we've seen over that time is is a proper assessment of what the project means so we started as 
an IoT based DLT. That's that's what we were, you know, marketed as essentially. Um, but what we've ended up building, and I think what we'll see with 2.0 especially, is something that can handle massive volumes of traffic, can handle all kinds of use cases. And actually, yes, it would work in IoT to an extent, but I think the, the issue has always been what what IoT constitutes. And if you want a full node participating in IoT, well, most IoT devices are constrained in energy. So they're not really going to be full participants. So we need to rethink what we mean by that because people found that confusing. So the aim now is to listen to advice from outside, listen to the engineers and build something that makes sense for everyone. So that, that's been the journey. It's very roundabout, but essentially my job now is probably more to be a bit more hands-off uh, and let the engineers get on with it and be like a counterpoint to other uh, members of the executive board and the board itself and working mm. with the supervisory board as well. So yeah. yeah, time goes on, more hands off, more power to the community. Wonderful. And as I can imagine, it's quite a time, um, spends a lot of time, but like you have to be on the hospital and then you also have to be part of the foundation. Yeah, it's complicated. I've got, I keep saying I have an understanding mind. So there's multiple hats. Uh, uh, I work in a couple of hospitals, have this to do. But the good thing is uh, I've managed to divide my time up appropriately and it seems to work. And I think having a balance, I think it's very easy to become all tech bro. And in a, in a foundation like this, if you don't have external influences, uh, bringing in, I don't want to say humanity, but the, the rest of my job is much more about being face-to-face -face with people and uh, dealing with health-type matters. So I think you've got to bring a bit of that if you're building like a technology for the world. Mm. I'm hoping I'm doing that well. I don't know. Sounds like it. Yeah, uh, thank you. Well, I think the, the whole thing is, I think I said this to you before, at any point you always think, you're the hero and you think what you're doing is the right thing. But actually over time, you find out you've made mistakes here. You have to stand up and say, there's errors and I'm sure I could have done a lot of things much, much better. But I think what, <clears throat> and I think this is the, the theme I'll keep coming back to is, I want the foundation to become less and less important within IOTA. And I think what we need to head towards is, sure, core protocol building by us, but more things handed off to other people to take ownership because a we can't build everything and b we don't know how to build everything in the best possible way you can't do everything the best mm. so i think what we need to concentrate more and more on is building the core stuff properly and then letting there's some great community projects coming out in the last year and they're building things i think better than we could in some respects so why not let them do it yeah and especially with Shimmer and Assembly coming around the corner, then it should really enable that to actually happen. Yeah, and that's the main issue is, how, how do you actually build on IOTA? Well, in Chrysalis even, you can essentially send money around, you can send data around, and that's it. And everything else has to be built off ledger. And so, yeah, you can build your own systems and there's a very small amount you can actually do on the IOTA network itself. That's why I think it was very important to get this tokenization stuff. Um, there's some really nice specialist output types that are coming along, which will allow you to do a lot more. And when you combine that with the smart contract stuff, and I think 
you will be able to build a lot more on the IOTA ledger itself. And then with that, I think we've got to open up the governance as we've started to do with the TIPS process to let people decide the direction of layer one. Mm. Because I, whenever we make decisions now, we kind of over-optimize sometimes for what we think are the right things that will be built in the future. But realistically, I cannot predict what's going to come in a year's time or two years' time. Because I think it's important that everyone gets a say in what they think is going to happen and, and those decisions are made together. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that that might be an, uh, like a great advantage to to get more people on and be more like confident as, as a community that everything is going in the right direction instead of just one person pointing in the direction. Um, yeah, I think so that's probably, been, sorry, now I was just saying that's probably been one of our issues is that we, we've held on to it maybe a bit too long and we it's taken a while to like open up and have that development out in the community. But I think it's happened now and it's, we can see all the good stuff that's happened as a result. Yeah. So I've been talking a little bit to the community and uh, they had a few questions they, uh, that I wanted to uh, to ask you. Oh, um, I'll see what I can answer. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. Um, so the first question is, uh, in a blog post it says that you're going to improve cross-industry coll collaboration with other DLT teams. Is there any updates on that? See, the, the, like, we, if... If I say we're working with X and X, then that's going to be kind of like, oh my God. And then if it doesn't materialize, it, it turns to poo. But I think this is the direction of <coughs> Shimmer and IOTA is previously, and I think, yeah, we were very guilty of it. We we're saying, okay, we are the DLT that will beat everything else. Everything else is obsolete with uh, IOTA coming along. That's never going to happen. No. That's not how humanity works. If you build a competing project, then either they're going to try and fork you off if you don't work together with them, or they will not listen to you. And we see that in politics. Even if mm. you know, like two very different think and like ways of thinking, the world nowadays doesn't work like that. There's a lot of tribalism. So the, the, the best way to work is to work together with the projects. What we would like to do is offer like the technology, which I don't think anyone else can in terms of, especially with the stuff you've seen around bridges, how you can have different L2s or even L1s plugged into IOTA and being able to like trustlessly interact between different layers. I think that's, we're on a good path to realizing that. And if you're building that kind of system, then you have to work with other ecosystems. So I, I'll be honest, it's not me. It's, I don't have the contacts. There's other people who I won't name, but probably obvious to people who they are, uh, who are reaching out and working with other projects. And the thing, the reason you probably haven't seen that um, so far is because we don't have the base layer technology in IOTA to do that. Come Shimmer and the opcodes and... Uh, the smart contract functionality and being able to plumb into L1, then I think you'll start seeing that a lot more. That'd be exactly. cool. Yeah, I think that, that, that's the aim is, and there, there is also a part of this where we say we'll, we'll build DID, we'll build streams, all of this, which are very IOTA specific things built by us for IOTA. I don't think that's a model that scales because to build out the best you can, you need so many people on all of these. 
and they need to be engaged with the rest of the cryptoverse and the rest of industry to make sure we're building the rest the best thing possible actually what may be a better model going forward is there are projects building lots of these kind of applications that would work really well on iota and actually let's welcome them and we'll work with them so that you know we interact with them we have interoperability with them and they have interoperability with us mm. and um so the next question is uh, is there an update on the custodian solution Sounds like an NDA question. Yeah, so Curve, I presume you're talking about Curve and PayPal. There's there's options, but the the issue is there's legality issues around it and also finding the right partner. So, you know, there's some we'd love to, but we've also got to realize where we started and the reputation we had for a while. I think well that has to also be coupled with the demand for the token so mm. you can make best friends with people and they may uh onboard you you may pay them a heck load of money and they may onboard you or there's a, a natural demand for the token and then stuff like what is it shiba inu all that kind of stuff you know things that we thought were maybe nonsense but when retail consumers etc want it or when institutional consumers want it then it happens and i think realistically that's what we're going to see we'll have to see when then shimmer and those kind of things happen and people can build on it i think that's the the, the most likely time it will happen mm. and um now that the market is pretty gray uh which is no secret uh back about around 0.3 dollars um, how the how did that affect the finance of the IOTA Foundation? Yeah, no, no, it 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 does affect us because a lot of our uh, funding comes from that. We have funding sources outside, and actually, if we're sick, trying to secure more like temporary funds to to bridge us over it, but again, so I think we discussed this previously. The main aim for me, and as a foundation as well, I think we're all pretty much aligned on this. Is Number one aim is we have we're tasked with delivering this core technology. So for us, it means that we need to probably cut down our focus because we have to lengthen runway um, and concentrate on the things that are most important to us. And then mm. that may mean things projects that don't deliver towards those core goals. We may have to like put on hiatus for a bit. Um, there's certain other things that which aren't part of the the core foundation is we may end up spinning out to form other companies. I think that people have talked about that, so they become offshoot companies, but not part of the main foundation. So the the foundation itself remains core. And I think there's more and more thinking that the foundation itself should probably purely be a research and development um, setup. So it works on the 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 pure protocol and some cool offshoots around it, but it maintains a very steady focus. So for us, yes, uh, we need to make changes to maximize runway. I think everyone does. We've seen like Coinbase has done it. You've done it. Most projects have, have had to do that too. So there is a bit of pain here. There's no getting around it. Mm. But the aim is trying to 
secure the long-term future in the best possible way. Yeah, wonderful. Um, so, so the next question is, is, it's actually like three questions, but I can probably basic down to one. Um, where do you see IOTA, Shimmer and Assembly in one year? Yeah. So, so the way it's set up is IOTA will be the main net and, and like the most stable platform. Shimmer is the, the staging network and everything that goes on to IOTA will come through Shimmer. There may be some slight variations. So you can see that the Shimmer uh, model involves inflation, whereas IOTA doesn't. So we may try out certain things to see whether they make sense or other things that just to see whether it, because it may have a slightly different purpose to it uh, than the IOTA mainnet. So the aim of Shimmer essentially is to stage what's coming first. So I, I expect, well, this year, if it's not this year, then I, oh, I'm, oh, I'm not even going to give ETA after all the, the crap. <laughs> but, uh, the get Stardust onto Shimmer. So that will be the launch. And then the stage after that, I would see us incrementally bringing on bits of IOTA 2.0 onto Shimmer and then onto IOTA mainnet. Um, and in the last few weeks, we've made, and I think Hans has been tweeting about that. There's been a lot of research summits. Some have been in uh, the UK, around the rest of Europe as well. well. I can't say the rest of Europe, but around Europe and the UK. And they've made lots of good progress there. So I'm hoping later on this year, we'll have the final, you know, a, a working all the bits in there, a bit of IOTA uh, 2.0 within the GoShimmer prototype. And then the aim then is to move that onto Shimmer and then onto IOTA. Mm. So that, what, it, what would it be one year from now? I'm hoping, well, I'm pretty certain if it's not, then I will, well, we wait, let's be honest about this. If we take a year to deliver Stardust onto Shimmer, then we're dead. So that, that, can't, that can't happen because we have to have done that. And that's what we're concentrating down on. So let's assume that's done. But I was, I'd be hoping that many of the cord side modules would start to appear on Shimmer by then. Nice. Does that make sense? Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, so I think that's, the thing is we've gone, we've gone so far away from giving ETAs because it just hurts. But I mean, you have to be realistic with this. And that if we haven't delivered even Stardust on Shimmer by a year from now, then we're dead as a project. Hmm. That simple. Yeah, because that might be just like the the last drop from quite a lot of people, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I would I totally understand that, to be honest. And I, yeah. I, I don't we're at risk of that. So I, I, I will even put my foot down and say that can't happen. But when it comes to assembly, that's a bit more tricky. So the the setup of assembly is is more complex in that it's dependent on on optimistic roll-ups, etc., and a different and a certain way of working. Whereas we're also seeing the emergence of ZK coming up, which is a different way of doing layer two selection. Uh, well, layer two and like, do you need a selection of uh, of validators? So I think that's we're doing all the core research around it. We're going to release the some prototypes around there but i'm not ruling out a change in direction either so the what we've seen in the last 
few months especially is zero knowledge has come out from nowhere where it was incredibly tricky to work with it's actually making a lot of progress so for me if we take a pivot that way that's not a bad move and i think that's part of what we have to do and so what, what i was saying before about engineering taking the lead in this i think they're them and research are now assessing all these changes that are happening in the market so we're not building something that's dead on arrival so what you may see the next few months there may be changes here or there in slight direction just realizing what's going on and where where the action is and where we need to be so assembly i think is a bit harder to predict shimmer i can give you that near on firm guarantee about stardust because yeah because if that hasn't then we've utterly failed um but i think what you'll see is constant progress of 2.0 onto shimmer and then i add yeah good and um a question that's popping up especially around uh, people that i personally know which isn't too involved they like they've invested into iota but they're not really keeping up um that that's this how will assembly and uh, shimmer impact the value of iota when it's three different coins and networks yeah, I mean, the, the, the best way to look at this is the best precedent is probably Kusama with Polkadot, whereas it has its own ecosystem and actually supports the Polkadot ecosystem as well. So that's Shimmer. Essentially, Shimmer is to to what Kusama is to Polkadot. It's a testing environment, but it has its own intrinsic value and things will come on there first and it's a bit more experimental. I don't think that should interfere. If anything, <clears throat> I say if, if, and this is where the community and we're saying is like hand over the power to the community, also some of the finances. So if there is a big fund coming from Shimmer that's controlled by the community, I think that was Cappy's um, proposal. That kind of funding that comes from Shimmer will help to incentivize developers to build on Shimmer and IOTA. So I don't, I don't really see a downside from this. I don't see it as a dilution of uh, the money in IOTA. I think it's going to actually bring in more from outside. So I wouldn't worry about that. Assembly, I think that is a slightly different value proposition in that it's talking about smart contract <coughs> um, validators and how you build up groups of them and how you pay them. And again, you know, all of these is subject to change because depending on how the market goes, but essentially this is what will happen with um, like what's happening on ETH that you have Ethereum as layer one, and then you have all these layer twos building on top, which rely on the security of L1 to function. So I would kind of see that relationship happening. I don't think, I think there's a worry that, anything that is not iota will rob value from iota and i want to see it in a different way i think that's what we talked about before in terms of cooperating with, with other projects by cooperating with them you don't lose value you often end up losing that tribalism and bringing in people into your project um, mm. and that's i think that's got to be our new approach to working with a wider community yeah and regarding the community, like how is it going regarding the the spread of the IOTA around the world? Because it's it's very um, focused in Europe right now. 
you can see it like in the uh, community like after midnight here it's getting pretty silent around yeah, so no, it's, no. It's, it's the morning again. it is and uh, that's, that's the thing is so i think the the, the aim is, the the problem that's probably happened is the the biggest holders of iota and this is what happens is who is going to to be involved in the community what is the reason to engage so with what we have in iota at the moment where you can transact value the only way you bring in new people is either with some airdrop pumponomics kind of way like yeah can you um can you have an apy of like yeah two thousand percent so you get in false interest or you actually get people to build and build products which people want so things like nfts and that you bring a new community in and that's not necessarily Europe-based. So you start getting other communities which are much more worldwide. And actually, if one takes interest in it, then that that spreads beyond your, your location. I think that's probably the way we're going to do it. The other thing is when it comes to the investors and things like Assembly, uh, a few of them are like Asia-based. So you can get them to evangelize for you to an extent. But essentially until you build things that that are needed by people or wanted by people the rest i think is is kind of short term yeah so that's what we're we're aiming to do now is build <laughs> i don't know a structure or an ecosystem that does it for itself is not reliant on the foundation to do x it's basically here are the basic tools you have the stuff to do here's opportunity for you be it to make a name for yourself, make money for yourself, do projects that you're interested in, and then the, the interest should come from that. Yeah, it might also be some like exchanges as well, because for Europeans, it's pretty easy to get hold of IOTA, while in the US, it's pretty hard from place to place. Yeah, and, and, and so I think US is a, is a different issue. I think Asia, I think, is much more open, but the US is much more, seems to be a bit more of a clique and I think we've made enemies in there. I think we've all realized uh, in a couple of exchanges, as we've seen with the whole morons thing. Um, and I think we have to kind of get past that. And I think... How? Well, the, 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 and that's the point is, how do you get past that? There's three ways. You pay them a lot of money, you make bestie friends with them, or there's demand coming. And yeah. the, the only sustainable way to do that is to build things that people want and then people ask for it and then it's in their economic interest to support it mm. and we, which are the most serious uh, iota partners and by that i mean which companies are actively building and not having it just as a fun little test project well i think the ones it's on the website isn't it like the lighthouse projects that's probably the best page did you see the there's a post a year and not a year, a week or two ago. Yeah. I don't have it off the top of my head, but there's things like ST are still building stuff like into their, into their newer. So I was chatting to someone saying this, they're building into their newer uh, firmware. There's Dell's come out with Alvarium. And I did the rest. I don't want to say if it's not known, what should be known is in that lighthouse project um, post probably mm. the, the most sensitive way to say that yeah totally understand um 
do you experience a rise of interest from institution after Chrysalis and um, news about Shimmer and Assembly? So what we're seeing, what do you mean by institutions? No, like just general companies and like uh, like industry-leading companies like like Intel uh, or Dell, like they see the advantages of the new technology and want to actually use it. Because you see, uh, we had like Bosch, we had um, Volkswagen, all these things, but they, they dropped off. Um, not not quite sure why, but maybe the technology wasn't there, but now it is. Yeah, so, so there's two issues here. There's one is, what has the technology developed to a point where it's usable and, it, and not we're not mucking around with ternary bots and things like that? That's happened. So that blocker isn't there. The, the issue that we're probably facing most is that we'd underestimated how slow corporations work. So the thing to work with Dell and Intel has taken a long, long time because that's how big companies work. Mm. And what we're seeing now is, although those things will happen in parallel, there's been much more of a bigger focus from like the executive board at the foundation to there's been an agreement there to focus more on smaller startups and much more on the crypto space because when you have people building on the crypto space you don't have to babysit them as much because we're working with corporations you have like a whole due diligence thing to do etc and it takes a lot of time so trying to onboard more of those at this moment is just going to eat much more time mm. that I think will return value. Whereas actually, if you end up working with other crypto projects or with like, although I'm not a fan of Web3 as a term, like Web3 companies, those kind of things, looking at this space, already looking to see. So these, these people already know what they want. So they want like tokenization, they want smart contracts, they want to be able to build stuff. They've probably already built it on EVM and other stuff. But what they're worried about is on EVM fees, on other stuff, it, it, it maybe not working so well and the, the networking down, although we've had our own problems in the past, I accept that. Uh, the I think what you have an opportunity is to get those people and say, okay, what you've built on that, you can easily port across to ours and just try it out and i think mm. we'll see that in terms of the bigger companies what we see more and more is there's a lot of buzz around nfts and stuff like that i wasn't going to say crap but yeah around nft so more of the bigger companies are interested in that which is slightly weird i think yeah. what it's it's a kind of trying to jump on the the bandwagon i'd mm. suspect so you mean like half of it is because of genuine interest, because it's, yeah, it is very interesting. It's like they want to be part of the cutting edge. I think part of it, I think some companies are looking for new revenue streams. And if, if I can mint a whole bunch of NFTs, it's, it's a revenue stream. And if you can have like a football club token, for example, you can get a revenue stream there. Mm. I think other companies starting to look at this, like a really good example of people like, um, Jesus, say Ito group that we work with, and they're really looking at um, what these new technologies can do that are different to how the old system works, and how do you use these to build actually new business models? I think what the the big big multinational companies are very unlikely to do that. 
I mean, I was very surprised, like Intel and, and Dell getting involved in Alvarium and a whole bunch of other people, they can see there's a different way of doing business, but actually that business model will take years to fulfill because building new trusted data pipelines is not something you roll out and get X million straight away. Whereas, you know, for most companies, can I mint an NFT and sell it for 50 million? Yes. Yes, you can actually do that. So I think a lot of companies' interest you'll see at the moment is based around things like that. But there's a few companies looking for the longer term at what you can do with the actual technology. Mm. Yeah, I've spoken to to, ben, to Benjamin from the, the E2 group and it's, it's actually very, very inspi inspiring what they these guys are doing because they, they're actually seeing the value of it. They are really thinking like, how, how do you take this? And then does this make business sense? Will this work later on if we build it in this way? Does it actually have any competitive advantage about above what's happening now? And that's, you'll always find a few good companies who can think like that. I think it's you within larger corporations, you'll have innovation arms who are given a bit more freedom. And that's what we've tended to work with because those are people who don't think essentially, how do I make X money now? Like, how do I invest for something that works in five, six years time? The problem with working with innovation uh, departments within organizations is they're not always the decision makers. So you, you may make something that's beautiful, but actually something like COVID comes along or uh, the CEO changes or the board changes and then the, the direction changes. Mm. So what you can end up spending a long time fostering a relationship may fall apart really quickly. Whereas I think a much better model at the moment now is just seeing the interest around the crypto space, even from general companies like start, okay, offer a way to do NFTs in a much simpler way. So, you know, like the, the complication of minting NFTs and buying NFTs on most platforms, incredibly difficult. Actually with the native NFTs we have, it's much, much simpler. So if we can start, doing something that thing people are interested in doing it much simpler much cheaper then you can start interesting some of those companies that want aren't necessarily thinking 10 years down the line but thinking how can i use it now mm. i think that's probably the the options we are well, that's the ones we want to do at the moment i think that's probably the most likely to be successful in the next year or two yeah i totally agree with that and now, now the smart contracts are coming. I had a question regarding that, um, like locking up tokens for smart contracts. How many uh, MIs needed to create an average smart contract? Ooh, I, so <laughs> <laughs> that I don't think I can answer. To be honest, there's a what it depends what you mean. So there's going to be different ways of doing it. So you may say like, okay, you need a storage deposit for the actual contract state to be stored. And that will be different on Shimmer and IOTA. So it's a storage deposit to say, this is essentially a coin that's being moved around and then the state's updated on it. That's one amount and that'll be a minuscule amount. There's another saying, okay, are you gonna build a system that says people are gonna stake their tokens to show how safe it is? So you may have a permissioned committee which says, okay, these are all trusted people. They don't necessarily have to stake, but we trust them not to fiddle the uh, the ledger and that the smart contract will run on that. There's other models where you say, okay, they'll be staking. That's much going much more towards what assembly is. 
about saying, here's a group of validators chosen from random. Here's IOTA staked on there saying, this is how much I stake to say I'm going to be honest about it. And if you do something bad, that stake gets slashed. That, from that perspective, that's harder to, to determine how much is needed because there'll be some high value chains which will need a lot to secure it. And there'll be some low value chains which need Jackal. So if, if you're running, so that's the economics of it. If you're running a chain that's holding like a billion dollars worth of value on it, then you're gonna need a lot of money on there at stake to prove that you're not gonna fiddle it. Whereas if you're running uh, like meme coins on there, which are not worth that much, then probably nothing. Or mm. if you're running a system that's handling data and it's, it's harder to fiddle that, then you may not need so much there either. Yeah. And something within your uh, expertise, uh, IOTA and healthcare. Um, what's the status there? Because there's been some small talk around there uh, as well as, as get, I'm guessing you, maybe you probably know like different places IOTA could be used in healthcare. Yeah, so that's the thing. So th th this has always been the trickiest one. Uh, so when I did it, like we went through ways of doing it. The, the main issue is GDPR. You're using a public ledger to store data and it can be patient identifiable data. So the, the first experiments we did around were, and like the PAC.care people did some great work around it about seeing how you could use something like MAM or streams and then send like encrypted data, but also, or just the hashed metadata and just store it on there, which is all cool. Uh, but I think it adds a bit of complexity to the system. So we just found, made it difficult to implement. So I think realistically, I think my prediction is that it will become much more prevalent in things like healthcare when you have things like zero knowledge proof workings. So you have systems that can prove they're doing the right thing without having to reveal the, the actual data itself. Mm. So that's directions we're looking at. But again, I think the, the foundation itself should probably concentrate on just the pure protocol level stuff and other players will build these systems on top of IOTA. From, yeah. from a perspective, I am actually starting a startup with 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 my brother and like a couple of other people um cool. which is the aim of that is to do with i think what you can always do is stuff around incentivization um and so for us we would probably keep the medical it's around to do with medical data and ownership of that and how you reward people for uh submitting data for trials etc mm. um, and for surveillance of medicines and of devices and for us the data on that i would not put that on the ledger at any point now because i think it's it's still even though we anonymize it it would be dangerous from a pii like identifiable information perspective but what you can do is do a token around it and you can incentivize essentially like a reward point and I think there's a, a lot of quite clever game theory can be used there. So uh, I can't talk too much about it now, but it, it's it's to do with incentivization, game theory, and seeing how you can get buy-in from not just the users, but also 
pharmaceutical and medical device companies as well as data companies, while keeping the data just in the hands of the, the patients. So the main thing is, can we keep all the data on device so that you're not handing it off to say Google or Apple or somewhere who become the data processors? You're essentially only whatever data you collect, you keep for yourself and then you get asked to anonymously donate certain amounts of data and then you get rewarded for that. That's cool though. Yeah, so that, that's the kind of thing I'd see here. Like with the promise of this, the promise right now is around that. I think the, the true stuff you can do around handling. So there was a whole talk before about, can you do medical smart contracts, et cetera? I think you can't safely at the moment because of patient confidentiality issues. Some people are trying, I'm not massively a fan of that. Mm. And, but I think when the zero knowledge stuff comes, you'll you'll see a lot more happening there. Yeah. So best best luck with the uh, with that project with you guys. Uh, thank you. It's it's all it's all very early, but the the aim of it was just. I think I got started to get annoyed by like having a Fitbit type device for my kids and the amount you have no idea where the data goes. So yeah. like, okay, that kind of stuff, but. There's also legislations changing in the EU where you need to, to keep a better idea of what happens to patients after you put them on a treatment. And I think now's the right time to do it because the, the biggest problem that's always been there is that when you have patients engaging with a system like this, they get, they get very excited that there's an app or something like that that they can interact with. And that excitement lasts for a week or two weeks maybe a few more than that, and then they stop interacting with it and you stop getting the data you need. And that data is really useful to make sure, A, the, the treatments you've given are safe and that they're effective. And also it helps to develop new treatments. So the aim of this is to try and get that data, which everyone wants, but not to have that in the hands of the data controllers and that money, but to, to give that back to the patients who are donating the data. But, mm. you know, that, that's all very laudable, but there's a million projects like this you know, saying power to the people, democratization. I think it's what you have to do is hold the, the concept of privacy and try and do your best and actually try, have a crack, but do a good job of it. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. And marketing, right? Um, is there any plans to start marketing properly or is, instead of just doing some tweets and stuff, but I can imagine that it's probably a bit costly. And since uh, the price is low, um, maybe not right now. So it's not, I don't think it's a cost issue. I think it's, this is, we talked about this before, like before we started this conversation, there's, there's been a definite change in the foundation as to how we hold ourselves and, and a, well, we don't always do it best, but we're trying our best to be respectful in public. We're trying our best to be uh, humble and we're trying our best not to overpromise. So at this point where we're still building, we want to keep interest, but I think we have to be really conscious that we don't oversell anything at this point, especially during a, a bear market. It's almost pointless doing that. All you do is set yourself up for failure. What I'd much rather do is when things like shimmer are tangible, you can actually do stuff with it. Then I think it's a time for marketing and I'd be, fully behind that to, to bring that out so 
rather than a promise of soon you will do this. It's like, yeah, yeah, you will definitely have this at some point. I'd much rather be in a position where you say, okay, here it is. It's working. Come and explore and now market mm. that. Like, do you have any thoughts about how you would like to market Shimmer? I can like paying for for Shimmer on the side of a London bus might not be the trick. <laughs> yeah. So I think half of that, if this proposal by Cappy comes along and it's accepted and we vote on it and there's a there's actually a fund that the community decide, I'd actually like to almost take some of that away from the foundation because as like a regulated nonprofit, there's certain things we can do, there's certain things we can't do. Mm. So we will always try and go for high quality things, but you know, sometimes low quality viral stuff is what's needed. Yeah. And sometimes, and, but we, you know, that's, that can't be what we do because I, I would love to do that, but it's kind of sets the wrong precedent. I think if, if the committee hold the, the funds around that and they can do that, I, I would be very keen for that. But in terms of the rest, I think it's, have that functionality and then try and promote that in the highest quality uh, like outlets we can, because we would have connections to that from the things we do, whereas a DAO may not necessarily have that connection. So I think we could work um, symbiotically is probably the best way hmm. with yeah, doing things like that. Yeah. And is there any thoughts about bringing back ETAs? ETAs? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> that's all. so this is, man, that's bit us hard in the past. That yeah. Bit us. So that's why there's a lot of, I said this, I use this word PTSD in the past from us, from doing that, from the community as well. But I, I agree in that it's really not helpful if people have no idea what's happening. Mm. So I think, the, the things we've discussed is like, in the past we've gone, here's the roadmap and we'll have X in quarter one, X in quarter three, this next year. I think that's kind of self-defeating and it's completely pointless because we see how quickly the market changes and actually the technology changes and you have to adapt to that. So I think we're, we're considering a system where the next release we start defining fully and then we start thinking about like giving etas to an extent around that and uh, mm. there's not agreed but i think that's much more useful to say like okay here's the stardust release we're going to define exactly what's going to be in that so you know what's coming and actually update our roadmap which is a bit all over the place at the minute there's too much on there to probably have something a bit more concentrated to say okay in the next phase this stuff is coming so this is what you can expect and and I'm gonna, yeah, we're trying to push for, can we give a rough ETA around that? Um, but you have to realize it, I think it may be easier to give that for something like Shimmer, but not on the mainnet. And that there's a utility of that. So you'd have like, okay, you build it, you build your first version, during that you do some internal tests, you may find issues, and then you may have to make changes. Then you put onto like a public alpha or beta network and then at that time, I think it may be fair enough to say, okay, we would expect this on Shimmer in one month, two months, whatever. Mm. And then we have an ETA for that. And then at that point, then people can say, okay, cool. I can see this. I can use it on the, the test net. I can see what I can build with it. And then I know 
I'd expect that probably in one month or two months or whatever, I can use this on the Shimmer Net. And then after a few months of that, if there's no further problems, to go on to IOTA mainnet. I think that's a very nice way to do it. I don't know whether that'll be acceptable for the community, but I think that's probably the way that's fairest to the engineers and the researchers as well as the community. Yeah, like I have to be met in the middle there a little bit. Yeah, I think the, the thing we've had in the past is we've made some sometimes extraordinary claims in terms of ETAs because we've kind of predicting something six months ahead and saying it's going to be released in this time is now impossible, uh, as we found out. And then what it tends to do is put a lot of pressure on the engineering team. Yeah. Uh, we've been lucky in that we haven't had any major uh, scrubs and chrysalis, et cetera, like that. But I mean, that's, that's not sustainable. So we have to say, OK, what, what are you comfortable with? But at the same time, we can't be 100% comfortable because then we build something that'll take two years to come. So you've got mm. to say, okay, comfortable for you, what's safe for you, and what works for the community to allow them to build. Yeah, because I can see not only for like for me, like I'm I'm not a developer, so I'm more like a speculator. Um, but it's kind of hard to speculate about things when you don't know if it's here in a week or here in six months. Um, sure, you could try to learn GitHub, but I'm not doing it. And um, I don't. I don't. I don't buy these things. Like we've always said this in the past. Like you can follow our progress on GitHub. Yeah, you can. But yeah. I mean, you can do that to an extent with the progress report. I think those are useful. But mm. expecting the developers to follow everything on on the commits on GitHub is incredibly difficult. I mean, I, to be honest, I, I'd be surprised if one person from one project within the foundation could like have the headspace to follow what's happening on another project via the github i don't think that's a human way of doing it so yeah. we have regular updates and yeah you've got to have a better degree i agree of etas than we do now yeah because also like if, if you're developing something and you kind of need a need a new component to to continue and you're not really sure if it says really soon or like the usual soon which is really soon <laughs> and um then they can probably focus on other things. Meanwhile, if they know this, like, no, no, this thing is three months ahead, so we won't bother about it. We will do the other thing. But if, it's, if they think it's just two weeks ahead, then we we'll just continue on that one, which essentially sets them back. I mean, we've tried to mitigate that to an extent by having the X teams. So people who are interested builders will come along, and if they're interested in it, they get, like, private, like a, a closed group where they can get access to it. So they'll have a much yeah. better idea of how soon something will be delivered but although that's nice and it's a good thing to have we can't expect if we really want to grow the community not just we can't expect everyone to have put that amount of commitment in so if you want people from other projects to come and do this uh on our on iota then it needs to be a lot more public when they yeah. can expect but it's, it's uh, the problem is very easy to say that's what we need to do it's very hard to do it in a way that's safe and that's what we're we have to come uh, to compromise about yeah and um so which industry do you believe iota has the biggest chance of being adopted i, I would imagine probably supply chain would be a good one you know i do i've stopped thinking from an industry perspective so that's so the 
like this has been a, a culture shift and a thinking shift in IOTA as well in the last few months is that we were very market adoption focused. Whereas I think I want us to become, and like I think, well, I don't say it, I want us, that's become the overall thinking the foundation is that it should be a core R&D uh, institution and you build tools that are, are usable by as many people as possible and you build it in the best way possible. So there will be, I suspect, the way we're going to handle it, I think I mentioned before, is that uh, we'll probably find like spin-offs of companies maybe bits from market adoption who will go into certain industries etc they will drive that adoption but i mean the if 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 you say yeah ma the supply chain people could be the first to adopt that and the 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 stuff with oh god i've forgotten the name that's sorry about <laughs> mumbling like this but the, the trademark east africa tmea that yeah. kind of stuff is really interesting because that's traditionally not handled and they're working across multiple state lines. They're working with Europe and, and with the UK, although I'd like the UK to be part of Europe. All that's happening. So you will find adoption happening there, but industry-wide adoption is much harder to, to, uh, to get, mainly because of that tribalism that we were talking about before happening mm. within. So I think a really good example of that is Maersk, the shipping company, came up with, I think, something called Trade Lens which was a global shipping blockchain. And I think it had a lot of difficulty gaining adoption because it was pushed by one of the big market leaders. So anyone coming into it later on thought, mm, well, we want our own one. And if yeah. you have a situation where everyone wants their own blockchain, well, it kind of doesn't work so well. Uh, what? And this is the same thing with if we want people building like little ecosystems, everyone's building their own, it doesn't work so well. That's what I think, what I want us to produce is, or um, again, this isn't from me, this is actually from everyone in the foundation, but like our thinking now is that you build something where people can build their own products and easily transact. So you can build your own chain if you want. So that, that would be the ideal thing. You build a TMEA smart contract or chain or something like that, like or a subnet, whatever you want to call it. And then that's the East African one or the African one. And then someone builds their own other system, which are very similar, but they control themselves, but they can easily transact across the different chains across the IOTA layer one. Mm. That's what we want to do. So things like this is what EBSI is looking at to an extent, is that can you build these platforms that will handle the trusted documents, identity, things like that in a decentralized way and then allow different applications to speak to each other. Yeah. For me, that's that's probably if you want, if you ask me what I would like the most, I would like the EPSI stuff to happen the most. Because I think rather than one industry, that forms the the core that every industry will speak to. And that's what that's where I would love to position IOT. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Um, the next question is a lot of bunch of <laughs> difficult words, so I'll try to read it out without messing it up. Um, IOTA, Panthos, and TUV 
announced the Christian Doppler Laboratory. Can you give some insights to the work and progress that the CDLBOT and maybe explain shortly what the Christian Doppler Laboratory is as well? Good God. See, I, I don't know enough about this, to be honest. This, this essentially started off as a thing of making, like, uh, I believe, around cross-chain swaps, etc., and around, like, what Pantos token were doing and, uh, you know, like, bridges, etc., that kind of stuff. So mm. that work is going on, but that's highly theoretical level stuff. So while that goes on, we're at the same time trying to build a system that doesn't necessarily need a bridge within us. So for us, on our L1, all our L2s can act, interact with each other without requiring a bridge and uh, the security issues that come with that. Those guys are working on something that could help us to bridge towards, say, Ethereum, Bitcoin, etc., as they are now. Mm. Beyond that, I don't think I can, I don't know enough about it, to be honest. Within like some parts of research and maybe some bits of the finance department, but I don't know. Mm. So, so the last question we have touched in on this all already. Um, how to best move the majority of the development over to the community instead of the foundation being liable of everything? Yes, I mean that. That's probably our main focus. Is for us open up. So this is what we've been pushing for the last few years. Like let's open up the development more and more so it's visible by the community. A, things like Discord, et cetera. B, the, the tips being on uh, GitHub. So, and what I'd like as time goes on, we're trying to move quickly. So we're trying to put tips out and then implement them. But actually, as the thing becomes more stable, we should probably have a longer feedback period and like iteration period before they get installed. I think as you get more interest right now, you get interest, but actually the number of people looking is, is small. If if this becomes like the base layer for a lot of things, I think you will get a lot more feedback and it'll take a lot longer. So the tips process is there. Things like govern.iota where these discussions happen and people are coming out with great proposals. I think that's the future is like, can uh, you come up with a suggestion for stuff, be listened by everyone, vote on stuff. And actually that influences what we do. And mm. that's be we shouldn't be a group of people that makes all the decisions for the foundation itself but separately to that we also we have certain statutes that we have to abide by and then uh because we're a non-profit because our aim is we have set tasks according to our statutes as a foundation the way to truly distribute the power is to have these DAOs and have things like funds not controlled by us and if you want to incentivize development happening outside the foundation, unfortunately, you need money to do that, don't you? And mm. if these DAOs now control those funds that can incentivize people to do that, I think you will see more and more of that work moving away. I mean, I don't, uh, being selfish, we just because there's been a lot of good work done, I think we will have a, a good path to execution here. So, I I would hope that the community sees that a lot of the core development work is still being handled very well by the uh, the engineers and the researchers. And actually, they're working really well together. I think in the last six months in particular, they've, they've now become a really tight-knit unit working well together. So I think there's a lot of merit in that. But a lot of innovation outside that 
or feeding into that process via govern.io to all tips should happen from the community. Mm. And also fun for the community to be able to be, be like more involved, like be a part, can vote on different stuff and engage in different stuff and try to actually make a change instead of just sitting asking uh, whenever you are going to make the change. Yeah, that, that's the thing is it's, we, I want to move away from like the when soon thing. It's like it shouldn't be down to us. A, there shouldn't be as much information asymmetry where the community doesn't know what's going on. I think since like Stardust and all of that was revealed and that, that's kind of gone because some of this like, it's traditionally been like, oh, is there going to be a big reveal? You know, maybe with a countdown clock, who knows? But mm. that kind of shit, we, I, I don't want, we, we don't want to have that kind of thing. Um, I think it's much more useful when everyone's involved in the conversation people are excited to be part of the development and part of the the decision making process um mm. and that's how you build i think trust and has how you build loyalty is to feel that people are involved in the process itself rather than waiting for someone else to deliver it yeah and i hope that all these new components and functions that is coming to to the network it will uh, increase the number of community members uh, a lot because we can already see um, people coming from other other communities uh, because they have heard about what's coming and they're really excited excited about it and they really really see a future for it so i hope we can see an increase in that i mean there's there's some really good stuff we're building the, the thing though and uh, yeah have to bite your tongue and say we have to deliver it i think once we do the stardust stuff and shimmer i think it will it should be the the start of like a lot more stuff because it, it gives you the tools to do stuff for yourself without waiting for us and that's that's the main thing it's like you the community is now more of a, a master of its own destiny i think that's the most important thing the rest that's that's the utility upgrade we keep talking about. It's like you can start doing stuff. The rest, which is the the uh, the two point naught stuff, I think it will make it decentralized, which is cool. Um, but I think it doesn't allow people. The main blocker right now for people getting involved is the fact that they can't build stuff. I think that we need to get rid of first. Then we we introduce all the components of code design. I think mm. it will come. It will come. That's, I'm pretty confident. One day. <laughs> one day, yes. No, but uh, seriously speaking, there's I mean, like, one of the nicest things that's happened in the last six to 12 months, probably more so in the last six months, is the, the, the structure of engineering has changed where it's become much more a distributed set up where the team leads have a lot more say and then there's been a lot more communication between research and engineering who used to be very different departments but actually they're now much more of a single unit where they will set off and do tasks together which you never mm. really have. i think that's you we're starting to see a lot of good stuff come out of that so the the questions that were kind of holding us up before the fact that you're getting a much wider group with different ideas coming together uh, even people who you wouldn't necessarily have thought would come up with the answer to a particular question are. And, that, and just getting that wider participation has been really good. So I think getting that out into the community as well and getting those voices in is going to be a good thing. Yeah. And I also hope that now that COVID uh, have uh, like calmed down a little bit, that it's possible to 
to get like a um a um a gathering where like all you guys can come and explain what's going on like and the, the people can actually see you guys and talk to you guys i you know, i think that there are plans for it but you know covid's never gone i'm, I'm always a pessimist like this yeah. <laughs> i can see things happening so uh we've got to hope like every time so it's been such like the last two years every time i planned a holiday even in the summer it's always been ruined and we had stuff this year and it's been called off for that so we're hoping but we're trying our best together with some people in the community to set something up later on in the year so mm, that'd be cool that could be good so, and then at some point there'll be Munico as well won't there yeah but don't think it will be this year eh, sadly yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be a $50 which is not very close at the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you have to be realistic but I think I can hope let's put it that way yeah well the way I see it is that yeah fifty dollars it's pretty far away, but it is kind of doable because um like if we if you I'm not really sure right now, but not too long ago, I found out if iota were the same market cap as ethereum, it would be like a hundred and fifty dollars, so just one third of that is fifty, and that's all we need <laughs> it is i think. The the issue we have right now is it's a bear market more than anything. So there's two things. If 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 we have Shimmer launch at a time when the bull hits and we catch capture the public imagination, then anything's possible. But yeah. those are a lot. Of, do you know what I mean? So we have to be realistic. Try and use our resources uh, the best we can. The the main thing for me is we have to deliver 2.0. Yeah. And that, that's also, I think, that I think with the, the sentiment of people, because 99% of the community is basically investors um, uh, right now. Uh, probably uh, probably not 99, I'm, I don't know the numbers, but a bunch. And they haven't really gotten the feeling that, that this was really the, the, the investment of lifetime, right? Uh, sure, we have some amazing price moves. We went from 0.05 up to 2.7. So it's that that's like historical pump but yeah you know what i mean no 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 it's completely understandable and the thing is like all of us in this are also very invested in in the success of it so mm. uh i mean like it, anything like that we're not gonna lie it can be life-changing for most people in the the foundation as well because we you know we we lots of us have put our money where our mouth is uh and like i I got some a while ago and I have never sold it. So that's mm. that's the belief in it. It may go it's up, but I have a lot of faith in it. And it's but essentially the reason I say we have to deliver 2.0 is when 2.0 is delivered, I think that is technically if we deliver what I think we can deliver, then no one's reliant on the foundation anymore anyway. Mm. And also I think that many people forget that you guys are actually investors yourself. So you're kind of, you're trying to get that uh, same results, but not not like in the same dramatic way that speculation channel wants it. Yeah, we're not traders. It's Essentially, it's like saying the people, as I got involved and I thought, that, okay, when I got involved, I thought, okay, I'll buy a mount. I won't sell it and I'll wait for a long while. If it's, 
if it succeeds, then it's a lot, you know, I'll make a, enough money to have a decent life. It, it will be life changing because I can pay my mortgage off, etc. You know, that's mm. the kind of. If it doesn't, then you've done something you believed in, yeah. and that's I think the approach that we have. And it, I have very high hopes for two point zero, but you've heard that everyone's heard that. Lots and lots, but the fact that we we still carry on has to mean something. And that if yeah. if I didn't, I would have sold and moved to another thing. But I don't think that's right. I think what we're building has the potential to do, like, be better than what we we know as being good now. And I think it has the potential to change lots of that life in a good way. Yeah. So that's why we're doing it. I think we can do it, but also it, it's a kind of like self-defeating thing that you do because once we get it to the point of 2.0, then the foundation becomes like starts paling into insignificance because it, it then becomes to the point where it's handed over to the rest of the world. I think we, leading up to that point, this is why I think the governance stuff all this stuff of handing more responsibility to the community is important because at that point, if you build something that's, that's decentralized and that flexible, then we should not be controlling it anymore. You've kind of done yourself out of a job and it should belong to everyone. Mm. Yeah. And you need to be ready for that point. It's really exciting. And I think the, the next 12 months will be um, like do or die. It will be very exciting to keep, to keep an eye on everything happening and hopefully the market will appreciate it as well and um so yeah so that's i've gone through all the questions that i had um is there anything you would like to add no no, no. i think this that's the main thing the main thing i take away is less foundation more community and then mm. we'll find ways to do that um and i don't know if you have if anyone has any suggestions in a, in a nice way obviously not not in a rude fashion but if, if you have any ideas ping me and we, we can discuss yeah i think we're going to give the entire 50 ti's to to mr beast and let him do like a 10 series <laughs> episode on youtube oh god <laughs> you spend it in an episode no, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cool well th thank you so much for for joining me it's been it's been an honor thomas it's lovely chatting to you man and uh, have a great day have a great weekend Thank you so much. And to everyone listening, thank you so much for joining in. Thank you, everyone. Get behind, get left behind. Cheers. Yes.